0: Another episode of I Could Never Be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Crazy, we are almost near the end of Season 3 of I Could Never Be. We're Week 11. We have this week, we have next week, then we have a little bit of a break. But don't worry, we're going to come back. We have so much more, so many more guests lined up. I'm so excited to talk with today's guest. An unbelievable actor. But as always, I start the show with some advice for a better life. And I'm doing some reading lately. Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich. It's one of the top five books. If you want to achieve success, go read this book. It's incredible. Written in 1937, still so relevant today, about how to achieve success. And one of the big things that they talk about there is that doubt and belief do not travel in the same direction. They can't run hand in hand. If you're pursuing something and you really believe that you're doing it, you're going to be going one way. And if you start to doubt yourself, you're going to go in the complete opposite direction. You can't have doubt and belief running at the same time. You need to either believe in yourself and fully believe and knock out all that doubt. So just do that. Whatever you're pursuing, it doesn't matter what it is. Fully believe. Trust yourself. Trust that you're on the right path. And if you're listening to this and you are on the right path because we're so thankful to have you joining us here. And again, I can't wait for you to hear from our amazing actor. He has starred for nine seasons on ABC's The Middle, an amazing show. This show was a huge fan favorite, ran for an incredible 215 episodes. Big fan favorite. Just came to an end earlier this year, but don't worry, he's back with Amazon's Pete the Cat, which September 21st, you can watch the episodes. Please welcome Atticus Schaefer. Atticus, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing very well. How are you, Mike? I'm doing very well myself. 215 episodes?
1: Yes, sir yes sir
0: do you think about that now and think man that's a lot
1: oh yes absolutely you know being able to be on the show um i was actually part of the show for the first pilot Mm -hmm. so i'm technically at 216 which is super cool (laughs) but uh yeah I, i was on the show for the first pilot they brought me back i was the only cast member to be brought back from the original pilot to the pilot now with that we uh we all know and love and uh Oh, we have a peanut gallery issue We have a over peanut here.
0: gallery in here. If you're hearing something, it's all right. We'll get it taken care of. <laughs> but yeah, two hundred and fifteen, yes, 16 episodes. episodes.
1: But yeah, you know, it was one of those things where, as we went through the show, um, and this is how it goes with network television, we we got the pickup for the first thirteen episodes of season one after the pilot. And we're going, wow, okay, we have a shot, we're going, this is great. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, was the great day where we got the back nine, is what you call Mm -hmm. it. It makes a 22-episode season. Then we got picked up for another two episodes. So season one was 24 episodes, and we got picked up for an extra two episodes every season after that, with the exception of the last season. Uh, Or no, excuse me, the season before the last season, we had 23 instead of 24. And being able to be on the show, we had so many milestones, the 100th episode, and then, you know, we were like, wow, we made it to 100 episodes. This is great. That's a huge landmark, a huge milestone. And then um, my mom was actually the one that was like, I want to see you guys go to two hundred. I think you guys can do it. I think you can do it. And so we did. We made it. We made it not only to two hundred, but we made it past two hundred episodes. and uh, and we are just we are so blessed that that was our run.
0: Do you still have vivid memories of the first episode and even the pilot? and we'll talk more about that about how that even came to be? Do you still have vivid memories from that of? Your thoughts in the time and, wow, this is cool to be able to do this show and what is it going to be?
1: Absolutely. You know, being on the show, it's one thing in life when you have a career and you're wanting to evolve that career, right? And you're wanting to better yourself and grow. And so to be able to be on the show all those many years ago and then grow up on the show, that's an incredible, incredible feet and, and all of those memories are still there. I mean, if you, if you were to remind me of an episode or tell me of something that happened, I'm sure that I have a memory associated with it. And especially looking back on the episodes and being able to, uh, being able to see all the all the different shots and remember oh yeah i remember what that day was like it was raining and we this person wasn't feeling good but we need to push through and we actually did it. we did this you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and especially of the pilot one of the most vivid memories i have in the second pilot is it felt like this was the one that was going to go And because of that, when we left and when we finished the pilot, there were, there were some tears. There was that little bit of unsurety. You know, can we do this? And, uh, I I remember specifically telling everyone, Hey, I'll see you next episode. And, and we did several months later. We get a call. I get a call. Hey, the show got picked up. And it was just such an uproar in my house, uproar of excitement. That's
0: incredible. I want to be able to shout out. So we're live here every single Monday on Popcorn Talks YouTube page. And we have a lot of people joining us. Uh, Stephanie and William already in the chat. We have a number of people already watching. You guys can comment live. If you have a question or you hear something, you're like, man, I I want to get a follow-up in there post that in the live chat and anywhere guests that we have you can do that we're also available on Apple iTunes and certainly you want to follow after the show at Atticus Schaefer 2 yes is his Twitter at the Only MC, my Twitter and Instagram and at the popcorn talk Twitter and Instagram give a follow like comment subscribe tell a friend has it set in or when did it set in that that the middle was ending I mean because you know before the final episode that it's coming to an end you course the script.
1: But when did it kind of set in for you? You know, it's funny because I I found out about the show ending literally two weeks before we began filming the last uh, season. Yeah, And so that was a hard pill to swallow going into it. Um, at the same time, being able to go through the show knowing it was going to be the end, it was bittersweet because I, I, I feel like it was a good thing because it wasn't a sudden cutoff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it became this long band-aid rip off of emotion Mm. right and so to be able to enjoy everything to the most that it could be enjoyed was a huge blessing for me uh, for my mom because my mom was there with me every day for all nine years um, you know, she's my little adventure partner, right? <laughs> and of course, she's mom. Yeah, yeah. And so, to be able to to share that with her and be able to go through that was was really powerful. But it really hit me, and I, and I like telling this story because it, it it was truly depicting who we were as a family, at least myself with the crew. Um, on the very last day, uh, one of my dear friends, his name is Kudo. We call him Kudo. He uh he he's an electrician but he barbecues like a beast and it's amazing stuff so we we all kind of came together and we made a big potluck we had you know uh, barbecue beef. We had these awesome rolls. We one of the crew members made horseradish. Another crew member made baked beans. Another crew member brought <laughs> coleslaw. Like it was, it was this huge pot. That sounds delicious. It was, and and we were actually ahead of schedule during the last week, and so the last day was a half day. I mean, we were done by like one mm-hmm. thirty, and so to be able to. um go in there. We had a lot of fun and it w- it really sunk in for me that it was the end that week and then it really hit hard for me on the very last day for the very last shot. We shot the last scene of the series and uh, it was one camera shot a wide of all of us in the car and the director comes up to us and she's already choking up mm-hmm. um, and she says, this is the last time we see you and and oh, she man. said, hold that in your head and use that for the scene and we did and we we went in and that was that was especially helpful for me because being the one that did grow up on the show it was like all the memories were going through my head at that moment and then to be able to to uh have that take place and and how they use that in the in the show um was awesome and then we have our big party afterward like a big family and then you know
0: was that easier or harder? Because I feel like sometimes if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, well, now I'm just distracted by it. Right. And like,
1: Right. You know, it's funny because I-, I was worried. I didn't know how I was going to react because obviously this whole thing is new for me. It's, an, it's all mm-hmm. part of my big adventure, at least, being in this industry. And at the very end, uh, Jeff, who has been a PA with us since the beginning, that's a production assistant, um, he shouted out, that's a wrap. And when he did... I wasn't overwhelmed with sadness. I was actually overwhelmed with a sense of accomplishment. Like we yeah. won, we ran this race, we you won this, this race, we did it. Yeah, we did it. And I'm thankful because with my character specifically, I was I was proud to be him to the end. And mm-hmm. the fans reacted the same way, and I'm so thankful with how we were able to tie him up and and really complete brick in that regard. Well, it it seems
0: that there's going to be a spinoff now that they're talking about mm-hmm. uh, with Eden Sure, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you know much about that or do you
1: do you. Would you like to come back for that? Has there been any talks? So in regards to that specifically, I do have a Facebook page. It's the official Atticus Schaefer fan page. I welcome everyone here to go on my page. Uh, my last post was about me being here today, but if you go to the post previous to that, you will see how I feel about that. Or, okay. or rather, it's not how I feel, but it, it, it describes best kind of what is going on with that I should say.
0: Because you guys are all really close and it really was like an incredible family and I think everyone there kind of gets along pretty well I think I will go check out the Facebook. Please do Starting as an actor when at what age was oh man acting this is what I want to do
1: It's it's funny it was something that I literally fell into Um, when I was growing up I have a a genetic bone condition Mm -hmm. called osteogenesis imperfecta which essentially the slang for it is brittle bone disease. There's a bunch of different types. Um, and essentially what it is is it affects the collagen of my bones. My bones are weaker than, like, let's say your bones when you were my age mm-hmm. and then all throughout my childhood. So, you know, I've, I've had to endure a lot of surgeries, a lot of rottings, a lot of injuries and stuff like that. And um, when I was growing up, I became the poster child for my hospital. And when I did, I would go to banquets and make speeches and stuff like that. And so when I was uh, when I was going to the banquets, making speeches and everything, I never got stage fright. I enjoyed talking to people of all different ages. You know, it, it didn't matter to me. I just I liked talking to people, and uh, I would do little speeches. I would actually be writing my own speeches and and reading them to these groups of people. And this is when I was like six. And even previous to that, my mom and I, we would read storybooks out loud together all the time. And she'd let me do character voices. We'd set up a cassette tape and record it and just nice. have fun, right? And so my mom, I was doing one of the last events I did as a poster child was a uh, a football game. It was a charity football game. At halftime, I came out and gave a speech. So my mom's up in the bleachers, and she's sitting there, and she's filming me. And then she goes, there's got to be something more to it than this. And there has to be. And she had that feeling. And uh fast forward a, a little bit in time and um, we found out the information for a manager and we went and met with this manager and the manager was pretty much saying, you know, my, my or I should say my mom was saying, hey, you know, maybe he had a kiss. he has a cute voice, maybe he could be a little cartoon character <laughs> or a book on tape reader, right? And so that's what, you know, mom's thinking yep. and, and it would be something that I could do and I could have fun with. And so we go in, we meet with her, she says, you know, uh, I, I I definitely want to sign you up, but I want to sign you up for theatrical as well because I don't really know where it'll go um, and think on it and ponder it and then and then we can make a decision so I did and I kind of turned to my mom and I was like, hey, go on this adventure with me um, I'd love to do this I'd love to try it and and see what happens from it so i i uh, I signed on with the manager about a month and a half later or so. I get an audition for a guest star role on a CBS show called The Class. It was CBS and Warner Brothers, and I was the director of it was James Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Multi-cam show. And all I'm thinking of at the time is, oh, this is so cool. I have an audition. This is great. <laughs> so I looked over the sides. I wanted to do my best. How it was old were you at that point? Scene. I was like seven and a half. Wow. And uh, I looked over everything. I wanted to do my best, and so I just went in there. I read, you know, read through it with my mom, and then I just went in there and, and had fun. And I got it so that week I have to become SAG and, you know, I have to do all that other stuff. And come to find out, my um, my manager's daughter slash assistant accidentally sent me on that audition. My manager admitted I would have never sent you on that audition had I been cognitive of what was going on. But then I did. And look at what happened. Everything snowballed from there. Shortly after that, I got the middle and uh, for the first pilot. And then, you know, after that, it was Hancock and the Unborn yeah. and everything. So. So it was an accident. Like it was it was an accident but it I I yeah, know that it was Obviously. It was meant to yeah, be. there yeah. there's there's
0: reasons that it happened. Right. And nothing like that is truly an accident. But it,
1: no, it was. It was completely a there's no way that this would have happened unless it was meant to be.
0: Were you I mean, that was your first main audition?
1: First audition ever. First main audition, first were, any audition were ever. Were you nervous going in? Did you no. know what It was like to be in an audition? No. You know, my mom Googled what a guest star meant, and I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. That sounds awesome. And I just had fun. I loved the role, and I had fun. And then when I went in, I was very fortunate to work with amazing amazing people obviously james burroughs as my first director was mm-hmm. incredible incredible um but on that project i, I was able to uh, my scene partner was jason ritter which was amazing he he's in, so incredibly nice very uh loving and kind and and wanting to have fun and then uh, john bernthal was on that project too and he was an exceptionally cool dude to me as well uh, along with many other great and very talented actors and again for my first exposure on 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 the scene and in this industry, yeah. that was an incredible one. And then to have it be multicam on top of that and to be able to you know be in front of a live studio audience, talk with them, um, get their feedback and everything, hear, you know, am making people laugh and everything like that, that just, that warmed my heart. That Sounds like it was so a bug. Happening. It was. Like a bug it was, oh, that just got... I, t- I totally got bit by the bug. <laughs> I totally got bit by the bug. And it wasn't even a bug of attention. It's a bug of... I'm being creative and people enjoy it, and I'm making people laugh, and I'm I'm doing something I enjoy, and I get to work with these awesome people that are equ- more so uh, funny and talented and kind, and and just ha- being around that energy, having exposure to that was an amazing thing.
0: Did it teach you like going into that audition and just totally being yourself? Did that teach you like, hey, this is what I need to do for future auditions?
1: You know. It- That's such a great point to bring up because that's the advice that I have gotten since I was a baby. And it's some of the best advice I've ever gotten, and it's from my mom, was always be yourself. And that was in regards to my condition, too. Mm -hmm. That's just me navigating life with my condition, Atticus, with OI. And so to be able to um, hear that, that was the advice that my mom gave going in. Have fun, be yourself. And I did. And that truly truly is the way to be. And it's so difficult because we're working in an industry that you, you know, that can be a challenge sometimes, is Mm -hmm. being yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you know who you are, you're rooted and grounded in who you are, and you accept the fact that I am who I am for a reason and you can be confident in that and navigate life that way and go into life that way whether it be in your job in a relationship in just everyday life living your life that is so critical that yeah. is so crucial and if you have that mindset oh you are you are truly going to have success it doesn't mean you're going to be this big but you know what whether you're affecting just your spouse or your friend or your family or you're affecting your community or onward that's Such a crucial thing.
0: Confidence is a massive thing.
1: Absolutely. When
0: you have these people and you look at comedians, comedians who are up on stage, they're not great because they hit every joke. No, exactly. They're great because they believe that they're funny, they believe that they're doing a purpose and that they're doing it right. And if something messes up, then they're like, oh, well, that's just what happened. Absolutely. Because everybody
1: knows that nobody's perfect. Absolutely. And, you know, even when I talk to people, because I've done everything from, from teaching to obviously being on shows like this, and I get to share my stories, a lot of my stories are me kind of being a goofball or certain things that would be classified as embarrassing happening to me or other yeah. things that are just in- insanely cool, but I react like a goofball to them. Um, but being able to have confidence like for me embarrassed is not even in my vocabulary mm-hmm. being embarrassed i mean if if ever someone were to embarrass me it'd be like <laughs> my dad you know what i mean cuz he's just a dork has he done anything but, ever that's been embarrassing oh of course all the time like? from from well from how he speaks to how he behaves <laughs> his his is just his whole demeanor i mean there'll be times where i'm i've done parades and stuff which is a lot of fun and I get to be in the car and wave to people and say hi Mm -hmm. to people and whatever that's awesome then you have him in the front passenger seat like lunging his arm out and saying (laughs) hi to everyone and I'll tap him I'll be like dad don't do that the driver (laughs) the driver isn't even doing that please don't (laughs) and then he's like what and then he keeps doing it but then like but then besides that again embarrassed bored these are words that are not in my vocabulary because if you really have your eyes open to real life reality like you said when we were talking before Mm -hmm. we got started here reality can be very harsh and it can be Mm -hmm. very dark if you really think about it and if you dwell on it for too long but there are so many beautiful things in life and little adventures I was with my mom the other day and we got a coupon in the mail for a new Italian restaurant, it's—I say new. It's new to us. It's been around <laughs> for like five years, but we went and we ate it the other day. It's Not and Olive that, Garden, right? It's, be, it's no, a, it's okay. better. It's way better. <laughs> no, 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 dude, it's way better. And and we went there and we went and we did. We went and just had this lunch. And and the fact that we had a coupon, we were able to go try a new place, and it was amazing. That was the biggest adventure for us, mm. and that was like that made our week. And so to be able to. When you're open to the little things, and, and I say this all the time, I'm, I'm a big fan of words of like inspiration or poetry Mm -hmm. or scripture. And, um, and my mom was a fan of Tasha Tudor. And so, you know, she loved the poetry that Tasha Tudor loved and and she shared it with me growing up. And one of the, one of the, these great poems that my mom has is I come in the little things, saith the Lord. And it's so true. When you, when you really are able to focus in on something that's beautiful or sweet or kind and you're actually alert and you're aware, that that happens and then you see it oh it 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 can take all the weight off of your shoulders even if it's just for an instant to give you that relief and so it's beautiful to be able to enjoy those little things
0: the little things you know you see you look back on it the little things are the big things
1: absolutely the absolutely little thing agree. that you
0: look back and you're like sometimes when you plan a massive trip and it's like, Oh, this was great But just equal with that is that one random time when it was really late and you decided yes. to do something spontaneous and yes. it was like something real small. Yes.
1: That is like this is it. This is it. Absolutely, absolutely. And in those instances you could meet people you never thought you mm-hmm. would have met, you could have mm-hmm. you could have heard a song that you fell in love with, or you could have heard seen something that was beautiful, that perfect Kodak moment, yep. but it's a Kodak for up here, not for here. Yeah. You know? So,
0: how old were you when you realized you had OI, and when that was like, oh, okay, this is what it means. This is what I have. Right, it's genetic, so
1: I had yeah. it from the beginning of my life. Yes. right. My mom has it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her mother had it. Um, and uh, when I, I really, I mean, I you understand pain. Pain mm-hmm. is a universal thing. I knew pain when I was, uh, you know, very young. Yeah, I, from the beginning of my life. <laughs> But actually being able to comprehend it, I mean, I was aware, like at at two and three, of what it was. Mm, okay. My mom was was a, I I, I always want to give her props because she's the one who raised me. She's I I give her the acknowledgement as being the person who got me to where I am today because at the time when i was you know less than a year old she's having doctors tell her your son's never going to walk he's going to be in a wheelchair the rest of his life blah 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 blah. and she's the one that had it in her to say i refuse to have that be my reality and i'm going to get him to walk and i'm going to get him quality of life and i'm going to get him healthy Mm -hmm. and that's what you do when you're a parent you fight for your kid Mm -hmm. and and you fight like a bear you know and that's i always call her my mom a bear because that's (laughs) what she is and um so she she never hid anything from me she's the one who explained why it is I'm going through what I'm going through whether it be a medication an IV treatment I get hurt and she's explained to me what it is you know she's doing the the situational awareness and the damage control to try to get me the help I need when I do get hurt or make the decisions on do we do the surgery or not etc and so um, you know when when growing up she's the one that really, uh, told me about that stuff. She she was very real with me, but again, not in a not in a graphic way where it became mm-hmm. scary. It was a this is just the way it is and we're going to work with it. Mm-hmm. And from the beginning of my life up until now, my mom has been the type of person who if if I can't go to the world, she will bring the world to me. Wow. And so that's that's just, that's how it is.
0: And I can say that having met her before the show, and I know she's yes. watching live right outside the yes. studio,
1: shout out to mom. Absolutely. Big shout yeah. out to you, Mama Bear. Uh,
0: amazing. And especially here in this and meeting you, it's incredible. Did, was that ever a thought then, looking at acting of like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know what being on stage, being in yeah. front of people.
1: Yeah. You know, that it, very true. It is a thought. I mean, when it's a part of your life, of course, mm-hmm. it's a thought, right? Um, and that—that's with any challenge or any condition. But what's so beautiful about this industry is we're in an industry where there's magic in it. It's the magic of Hollywood. And there have been times, whether it be on the middle or otherwise, where um, I—you know—I was injured or I needed to recover from a surgery or even just being sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we navigate that? And uh, and and we figured it out. I had great directors that could adjust blocking like that um and we hired really amazing stunt people we had an incredible team of grips that were able to build walking emulation devices that looked like i was up and walking perfectly without any hiccups whatsoever and then i would i would contribute and, and waddle or do whatever i need to do and we just we made it work and that's that's the why i am so fortunate to be in this industry and why it is something i'm able to do because no matter what uh the objective can be accomplished uh, whether it be filming a scene or writing a script mm-hmm. or doing whatever, so and
0: never saw as an obstacle.
1: No, you know it's it's one of those things where yes, I understand I may have to do things differently, but I don't see my quote unquote disability as disabling me. I see it as a condition. That I have, but it doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. So when when I introduce myself to people or whatever, of course it's like, hey, I have this. You need to be careful around me. And like I, I just started going to a new church. I was as I was telling mm-hmm. you before the podcast, and I did. You know, I was like, oh, hey, hey, if you're going to be bringing your dog, I just want you to know I have this. So I'm I'm delicate. Be careful with me, whatever. And you know that conversation is had. But besides that, I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's my mm-hmm. life.
0: Well, it's like you're saying with the any uh, like. You never get embarrassed. You never feel, uh, you know, a certain weight because because you know who you are. Yes. And I think that's something that is so important for a lot of people. It's something that a lot of people don't have. Is that again, it gets back to the confidence.
1: Absolutely. You're
0: like, this is who I am. That this is it. I can't change it. Absolutely. There's things, and here it is. And yeah. I think that's that's amazing. Talk about the middle because we talked about the, the the pilot and the first pilot and the second pilot, and some people might not know that story. Talk about how you were introduced to the middle and what they were like, hey, we want you to come in and read for this. Did you know it was going to be two pilots? What? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, what it was is, is it was just it was just a pilot, just like typical network television. You get a pilot and then you film it and then the networks say if it's going to go to season or not um, and then go to series. And so what ended up happening was is I went in. It was just another audition. And uh, going into the audition process for this, it, it, it was the longest audition process I had been through until I, I was doing Frank and Weenie, mm-hmm. that audition process. And um, I did I did the initial audition, a callback, another callback, another callback, and then two days' worth of screen testing. When I was doing the screen testing, I was just... In the pit with a cold, a bad flu. And literally, before I go in for my audition, I have a tissue box here and an empty trash can. I fill up the trash can because I'm blowing my nose. And then they're like, go in. Okay. Yeah. You know, I got this. Go in and do my thing. Clear run, go. Absolutely. And then then I booked it, which was a, a huge blessing for me. I saw it as that even back then. I'm like eight we do the pilot. Uh, Ricky Lake was the original mm-hmm. mom. Uh, a gentleman named Lex Medlin was the dad, and um, we we went into it. We did our thing, and then uh, we we uh, we didn't get picked up. And I found out that we didn't get picked up, and it, of course it was disappointing. But then it's just you know you move on. Um, I was able to be occupied with like things like Hancock, The Unborn, uh, my voiceover work, etc., and then. Um, A couple years later, I get a phone call that says, hey, uh, the middle is getting a second chance. The creators of the show want to meet with you for lunch, or for brunch. Actually, they they want to meet with me for brunch first. So I, I go there, and I'm like, okay, cool. Hi, guys. Nice to see you again, whatever. And then that's where they tell us, we need you to come back and be Brick. We need you to come back and be Brick. You are Brick. And we're getting a a second shot at the pilot. We would love to be able to bring you in on this. And I'm like, absolutely. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. I'm honored. Were you thinking about it during the two years
0: that it was just sitting there? Were you ever thinking, man, I wonder if there... This maybe is a possibility. Man, I wish this would have happened.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I discuss everything with my mom and, and, uh, you know, the people on my team. And it was one of those things where I, when the pilot didn't get picked up, it still felt like there was something viable there. It still felt like, mm-hmm. no, but it didn't get picked up this time, but I, it doesn't feel over with yet. Mm. And, uh, and then, of course, that, that feeling, kind of intensified a little bit leading up to my meeting with them. And then, you know, when I got it, it was like the validation of, oh, that's why I was feeling that way. So.
0: What were your expectations going in for that show of, man, maybe one season, maybe a couple seasons. Do you, do actors have that expectation? They entering?
1: do. They do. And I remember doing a couple episodes with Neil where we were uh, getting into season two and, and uh, we were doing a, a foreign circuit and they were asking us that same question. Neil, I remember going, Oh, yeah, I think we got a shot at going another year or so. And then for me, I'm like, <laughs> I see us going to like season eight. And so that clearly mine was more accurate, but still, that was a, that was a huge blessing. And even discussing that with the, with the reporters that we had there, um, they were even saying like, do you think you're gonna get your first kiss on camera? Do you think you're gonna do this and that, <laughs> whatever? I'm like, I don't want, I don't know. That part I'm a little la 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 about, but you know, you never know. And turns out I did. So, and your mom obviously believed too. Like you said, she believed. Oh, I'm gonna go for two hundred. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we were, we were, you know, praying about it, hoping for it every every season because we didn't know season to season if we were gonna get another season or not. We wouldn't find out until the end of the season or like halfway through season. So I mean, there was definitely a nail-biting nail period. Mhm. Um, but we did. We 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 saw what the show was doing. We were hearing the word of mouth of real people because we go to very real places as I was telling you. I shop at Walmart and <laughs> Sprouts, you know. People see me there all the time. What do they say? It's it's usually, "Hey, I love your work," or, you know, "My kid, my daughter, myself, my sister, we love your work. We look up to you whatever." And then it, nowadays it's almost always We're going to miss you. Like, we're so sad the show's going to end. And uh, I I do need to remind people, I'm not dead, honey. (laughs) I'm still here. Right? (laughs) I'm still here. Believe me, I'm just as sad as you are. But onward to other amazing things, other amazing adventures. But no, everyone that I talk to i I end up having a great conversation with. I love being able to interact with them because i I haven't been able to I'm locked up on the sound stage mm-hmm. when I do my work, right yeah, so to be able to actually see you guys and be able to interact with you in person, that's such a privilege for me.
0: What did you learn about yourself over the past nine years doing that show? because you grew up i mean the- almost the majority of your life doing this show, yeah, what did you learn
1: about yourself? filming this you know it's it's amazing because when you navigate life um you have so many different things that you need to work through right you have to work through your job you have to work through a condition you may have you have to work through a whole myriad of difficulties that could come up at any particular time and being on that show i i often tell you know my friends and everyone i say it feels like a different lifetime it really does Mm -hmm. and looking back on where i was when i started to where i am now it's a completely different person in in very you know personal ways as well as just uh, obviously appearance as well as um how i evolved in that time frame during the show is when i found my faith in the lord i got Mm -hmm. baptized and i started being more vocal about my christian faith um but then you know, you brought up about confidence, and I, and I do think that this is such an important topic, especially for people that might want to be in this industry or do anything that might be in the form of entertainment and, and really just in life, as you were saying, and especially for people my age. Um, I did not get my confidence from the middle. I got my conf- confidence from the jobs that I did outside of the middle particularly voiceover work Mm -hmm. Um, most of the time on set on the middle you know and again it's it's not anything bad it's just facts it's just the way it is i i was not given the initial i'm talking about from certain people on Mm -hmm. the set Mm -hmm. i was not given the that was amazing you did a great job i know how hard you worked on that whatever It was outside of the middle, like when I started to do shows like Fish Hooks and then I moved on to Frankenweenie and then later on being able to do like Lion Guard on Disney Junior, being able to do my DreamWorks projects for Netflix and being able to do those shows and really get some very reinforcing and validating creative feedback from those creators and from those writers and producers and directors and also fellow actors. That's where my confidence grew. That's where I was able to go. Wow, I I do make valid choices. I am mm-hmm. half decent at this, and I and I do have a voice. And then when I would get that confidence, I would take it back to set on the middle, and that is where. Um, then I would get certain directors or certain crew members be able to come up to me and be like, wow, hey, you really grew this season. You really did this. You really did that. And, and oh, nice. uh, I can see that now. And so that that's really cool how just that process happened. And it's amazing how, you know, you, you kind of are lacking in one area. And in a weird way, it'll be made up for in another area. And then you take it back to the area that you're lacking in, mm-hmm. you know.
0: You mentioned the Facebook post earlier, and yes. I've been looking at it a little bit, and obviously you posed the question to your fans. And I know you're yes. very close to your fans. You have 30,000 on here, you have several thousand on Twitter, and you're yes. very active. Like you said, even in the community, people come up and ask you. Absolutely. You posed the question to them with the spinoff of how should Atticus feel and how should you feel based on the spinoff. Yes. Why did you do that?
1: Because I am the type... Well, and and again, the the... When, you, when you're talking about a post, right, mm-hmm. when you're talking about social media, social media has become a tool that is used for our freedom of speech, right? Mm-hmm. And we have that right here. We're very blessed to have that right here. And it's not something that you should abuse. And in no way do I abuse it. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about something like this situation, it's one of those things where there are so many times nowadays, and you and I even talked about this before we got on, where you get such bad situations that can happen whether it be in this industry or any industry Mm -hmm. and i think it's very important to not disclose in a way and it's even written in this post it's not to tear down anything no 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 no, no. yeah it's simply to put it out there that this is what happened Mm -hmm. and then you people can know and you will understand what goes on. You have a fact that you didn't have before. I want that, even when we get into political discussions, when we get into whatever. I want truth. Mm-hmm. I want the. You facts. just want information. Absolutely. And so for me, and, and and you know, the truth of the matter is, is, is when I found out about the spinoff, it was on a different production, and and they essentially were saying, well, can you talk about it? No, because I just found out now. Well, can mm-hmm. you lie? No. No. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie about that stuff, and and again, especially when it's something that I don't need to be afraid of it's it's not me pointing fingers, this post that was written mm-hmm. um, as you said, it's mm-hmm. just posing a question. You guys, this is what happened. Tell me your thoughts. How should Atticus feel?
0: are you in a in a sense letting them maybe guide whether you're going to be on? The, whether you should pursue this not pursue the spin-off but if they ask you whether to say yes or no are you almost leaving that in the hands of the fans?
1: You know in a, that, that is a very astute point that really is and, and I don't think that was necessarily that wasn't my primary focus mm-hmm. but of course I want to hear what people think mm-hmm. because each and every one of those people on Facebook that have read that and have talked to me about it and posted comments I read every single one of them and to be able to either get validation from them or to get an opinion from them, I think is important because their opinions matter. Mm-hmm. I did my work so that way they could see me do my work. It wasn't for a big-headed thing. It was because I'm, I'm a performer. I want to perform. I want to have fun uh, doing what I love. And they loved it as well. And they were a part of this family. And mm-hmm. this is their family doing something else. And I want them to be aware of that. And I want to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. 500 comments. I
0: mean, yeah. you, it's not little of the no. people. It's not 25 comments. You have no. 50 shares, almost 800 likes, 500 comments. What does that mean to you to have done this and like, oh, obviously, you know, and again, but you saying I'm on a soundstage and I don't reinteract interact with people. But to see this type of reaction from people, the comments, the likes, the shares of people who are supporting you, what does that mean as an actor?
1: That means the world to me because there are so many times where we can break off into a this person versus this person game. And that's so unhealthy, especially these days. And that's not the point of it. The point of it is that, okay, I'm not crazy. You guys are validating me in how I may specifically feel. Or, again, you may be giving me insight into something I didn't think about before. And the fact that I have these amazing – I call them my fan friends Mm -hmm. because you guys really are. To be able to have these fan friends kind of come around me and we can have this familial discussion – about this, this, I shouldn't say issue, but it's a topic that came up, I think is very important. And even going back, I mean, during the election period, I was writing essays and articles about stuff I was personally learning. I wanted it to share... I wanted it to be shared with these guys, and and maybe they could learn something from it too. And again, it's not under the guise that I'm an expert. This is just me navigating life, and I want to bring these people that are a big portion of my life Mm -hmm. into my life. And, you know, tell me your thoughts. What is your opinion? Whether you agree or disagree. Mm -hmm. And that can be for any topic.
0: Well, i certainly reading the comments here. People love you in the show. They started watching the show because of you. And uh, Julie here said, when I read there was going to be a spinoff, I only assumed to include her siblings. It needs you and needs you in there so you got a lot of support man absolutely that's that's amazing And i'm
1: thankful for you guys and if this is my opportunity to say it i'm thankful for each and every one of you guys for how you have come around me and and made me feel safe and secure giving my opinion but also how you actually have a discussion with me and uh, i'm so thankful for you guys my mom is so thankful for you guys i know that she's written on my facebook page a few times when i've been hurt when i've been down or even just birthday messages to me i love you guys and i'm so appreciative for each and every one of you thank you for that
0: we've talked about the number of projects you know lot on TV, but also a lot voiceover. Yes. Do you prefer one or the other, or is there a big difference as an actor of, oh man, I'm on a this type of stage
1: day versus in a booth? You know, no, it's 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 one of those things where they each are creatively satisfying. You know. Uh when you go into a theatrical project, which is a live, you know, on camera project, you have to worry about so many things like the wardrobe, your makeup, your lines, your choreography and everything. Whereas when you're in a booth and you're able to do some voiceover work for animation or whatever it may be, it's it's so nice to be able to just put it all in your voice. And especially with me. I mean I, I jokingly say I'm a hobbit, I'm four foot eight. <laughs> You know, and, uh, and even with my beard nowadays, I look even more like a hobbit. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm definitely, there, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more limited as far as roles go, but at the same time, for theatrical, but when you're talking about going into a booth, And you have an animator that's bringing a character to life based on your voice. If you can fluctuate your voice, do accents, do different voices, dialects, whatever, you can be whatever character you want to be. Do you train for that? You know, the funny thing is, is I've never gotten training for this industry. Uh, as far as the acting goes it's one of those things where i just i i mess around i goof around I'll, I'll practice character voices uh practice stuff with my mom i mean i've done dungeons and dragons voices <laughs> playing with my friends and that ends up being voices and then i also draw from real life um it's funny you brought up uh pete the cat and that's an amazing uh show i've fallen in love with i love working with swampy who's the who's the mm-hmm. voice director on the show and, um, you know, that character, it's Grumpy Toad. Mm-hmm. When I got the audition for that, I actually was auditioning for three different characters. And when I read the character description for that one and I looked at him because they sent a drawing, he reminded me exactly of a camera operator we had on the middle. <laughs> and so I turned to my mom. I was like, Mom, I'm just going to do John for this. One. <laughs> and she goes, how would that sound? And I do it for her. And she goes, oh, do that. And I did, and Swampy came up to me on my first day on the job when I booked it, and he goes, you completely embodied that character. And that's one of those amazing moments where, especially in, in real life, in voice work, you're able to draw from real mm-hmm. life, and your real life kind of blends into your to your projects and yeah, have fun with that it. That was uh, one of the questions in the chat. J.B. said, how do you go about matching your voice to the character you are portraying? You know, it's, it um it is a process. It's one of those things where... It's definitely easier when you when you have created a voice as opposed to when you're doing an impression. Uh, when I did Frankenweenie, the whole movie, I'm doing an impression of Peter Lorre. And to do that, what they did is they actually brought in Tom Kenny. He's the voice of SpongeBob. And uh, I worked with him. So what would end up happening is as we're recording that, um, Tim Burton would give notes and then Tom Kenny would do an impression of peter Laurie, and then i would do an impression of his impression because that's how it kept me consistent mm, but when it comes to like that um i mean that they'll they record everything and so if you need to you can always go and ask for a reference hey playback whatever i did last week or whatever and you're able to hear it get the refresher but for me because a lot of these voices are coming from me i'm i'm able to remember this is how i i'm supposed to do it you know where do you want to be in five or ten years? Is there projects that you're like, man, I want to do this in the next five years. I want to have this under my belt in ten years. You know, I'm I'm very much a person that is open to being guided. I mean, it's it's worked my whole life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it almost works better than if I were to try to force anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, uh, I, I do own a production company. Uh, it's called Ambulos Apiro Films, nice. and I am wanting to create my own content. So I would love to see in the next, you know, five years or so, having done at least one or two projects with my production company and then moving on to other things behind the camera as well as exploring new projects mm-hmm. on camera. Um, you know, and my my amazing team, they're helping me to set up meetings and do things to meet with people because I've been in this middle bubble for nine <laughs> years and I'm able to finally break out of that bubble and, and – uh, meet with people and kind of let them know where my head is at. And so far, it's been very positive feedback, which I'm excited about. So hopefully um, hopefully you'll be seeing me doing some new things, as well as uh, these things I've been working on, like Pete the Cat, mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Street Kids. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll see that coming is, up shortly.
0: Is uh, the project that you're working on with your production company, is that faith-based? Because I know faith is a huge part of your life, Talk
1: about a church, and I know... It is just a a massive part of the way you live your life. Absolutely. You know, what my goal is, and I felt it placed on my heart, is – and it really hit me because the year I got baptized, they were playing The Passion of the Christ on TV lot. They were doing like a marathon where they kept repeating it. And so I was able to sit down and watch it and really actually comprehend what it meant. And the amazing thing about The Passion of the Christ is it's not a Christian movie. It's a secular movie that tells the story of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Interesting. right? I never thought of it like that before, but yes. That's the, that's kind of how it hit yeah. me, and I, and I have discussions about this with like my mom and some Christian friends of ours. And so what I want to do is I want to do that. I want to make, and I have a lot of really good stories that I've been thinking of for years, and uh, I want to make secular movies that have the Christian messages in them because I don't want it to be a limited audience. And granted... Absolutely. I want it to be something that Christians and families can enjoy. But at the same time, too, I think that you're doing more ministry work by reaching out into the secular world and being able to show these stories and have those messages come through. Because one of the things that I've learned in in, in my faith and how I study my faith, I do read the Bible every day. I do try to study it to one degree or another. I do devotionals, mm-hmm. and I love mm-hmm. Christian literature and theologians and everything. And something that's very important is it's not my job to save people. My job is to plant seeds. And so I will. I, I, I plant seeds, even if it's just me wearing my cross necklace, or a Christian t-shirt, or, you know, I, every time someone comes up to me, uh, and I mean this in a genuine way, is I will say God bless you. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter if they say it back to me. It doesn't matter if they believe that. It's just I want to plant that seed of love. I want to plant that seed of blessing and, and, and breathe that onto people. And when You're able to reach that. That's when the Lord is able to come in and do what he does and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, reach into their hearts and bring them and call them back to him. And I think that that's such an important thing to be doing nowadays is, is to being firm in your faith. Again, not for the reason of being divisive, but for the reason of loving people and for, and for calling people to you and, Mm -hmm. and instilling that hope in them and instilling that love in them. And, and, uh, and really getting people on track to their destinies at some point. Too. I was having this conversation literally with someone yesterday and saying
0: that, you know, they're like, oh, I feel like there's so much pressure sometimes when you're talking with people to guide them and to push them in wonder. And it's like your job is not to take them from zero to 100. Exactly. Your job is to take them from 31 to 32. Exactly. Or from 54 to 55.
1: Absolutely. And if you
0: think of it like that, of the interactions like you're saying, the daily interactions. If you're yeah. just having a conversation with someone and you can just make their life better and yeah. help them that one point to be able to just move, that's a success. Absolutely. That's a success. Helping one person in every day. If you just help one person or make a difference in one person's life, that's a success.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Most definitely. And, and, and I, This is kind of like my life motto or my life uh, creed. It's a Ralph Waldo Emerson poem. And um, at the end, it says to know that one other life has breathed easier because you live. This is to have succeeded. And it is. As we
0: close, I want to know, what advice do you have for other actors or people who are trying to get into a field and maybe facing some obstacles? What advice do you have
1: for them to be able to keep going and be able to stay driven? You know, my advice for anyone who wants to be an actor or do anything related to this industry, this industry is a beautiful, beautiful industry in, in circumstances. Um, when you are talking about this industry as a whole, you're able to be creative, you're able to uh, make beautiful things, you might be able to make scary things if that's your thing, but it, in the end, you're able to tell these stories. And one way or another, you're a part of telling these stories, whether you're an editor, an electrician, an actor, a director. You're telling a story. And that's what I'm in love with in this industry, is telling stories. So for a person that's wanting to get into this industry, you need to remember that your work, your life, everything, it's all wrapped up into your own personal story. And you can only tell your personal story by being you. You have to be yourself. And don't be afraid to of being yourself. Don't don't come under the big boot of someone who's trying to, to, you know, kick you into submission Mm -hmm. with one thing or another. Mm -hmm. You know, you do need to be respectful always and and always, you know, listen to your boss and, and take direction. Those are all very important things to be able to have in this industry or in any job. But in this industry specifically, be true to who you are. And it will come out in your characters. I've heard many times, because I have been taking a lot of meetings recently, you know, social media is a great thing. Being able to have a a good following, letting people know who you are, that's an amazing thing. But most of the time, they hire actors that embody the character. And become that character. And if you can do that, especially as an actor, and again, that's still something even I'm working on. Mm -hmm. I'm by no means an expert. But when you're able to embody a character and really be that character and find those right characters, not characters that you settle on, the right characters for your job. And, and that will truly grow your career more than anything, because now not only are you doing the right roles, you're embodying that character, you're able to put your best foot forward, do your best, but you're also able to uh, have fun mm-hmm. doing it. And the second piece of advice I would want to give is, and, and this is a huge one, you are not trying to beat anyone but yourself there it is a competitive world it's a very cutthroat world it can be at times because that's just the nature of any mm-hmm. job right yep but in this industry if you're just focused on bettering you and and really being devoted to that how can i learn how can i grow i want to be a lifelong learner and uh and really every chance i get to learn something new and apply it take it that is going to benefit you in every way in every avenue of life Amazing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For that thank piece you. of
0: wisdom, for just the, the thing of talk, talking about spreading joy and just being that joy in someone's life, I think that's a huge message for people to hear. And just for being open and loved hearing your journey about the middle and the two years and before that and getting into acting, I thank appreciate you. you coming on and oh, being open. Oh, dude,
1: thank you so much. This was a blast. Thank well, you. Well, I'm
0: glad you enjoyed it. The people in the live chat certainly enjoyed it. had a number of people commenting there. Thank you, guys. Again, we're live here every single Monday on the Popcorn Talk, talking with... Actors, athletes, musicians, people in business, their rise to success, the grinds that they faced, helping inspire you, but also helping you learn more about their journey, and just realizing that it wasn't always easy, that they faced the challenges, they overcame it, and you guys can do the same thing as well. For those listening on Apple Podcasts, we thank you as well. Like, comment, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, just spread that positivity. This content is free. We bring it to you for free. We don't ask anything but just to go make the world a better place, guys. One more episode left in Season 3 of I Could Never Be. We'll be here live next Monday, and then we're off for a little bit, and then back with Season 4. Already planning some amazing guests. Hopefully you guys will tune in. Again, thank you to everyone in the live chat. Make sure to go like and comment. And go over and follow him on Facebook, at Atticus Schaefer on Facebook, and at Atticus Schaefer 2 on Twitter. The official
1: Atticus Schaefer fan page. The
0: official. It's facebook.com backslash Atticus Schaefer at the popcorn talk on Instagram and Twitter, at the only MC on Instagram and Twitter. Go make the world a better place, right? Absolutely.
1: We'll thank you. See you next guys. time. God bless.
0: From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.